1: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/slash wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash wondery.
2: Tonight, a dangerous tropical storm gaining strength. Expected to slam the Carolinas tonight as a hurricane and pummel the Northeast on Tuesday. Nearly 120 million Americans in the path of Isaias tonight from the Carolinas up to Maine. And out west, firefighters battle ablaze near Los Angeles, causing thousands to evacuate. COVID concerns over crowds. Hundreds party in a pandemic on a boat in New York City with few masks. The owners arrested. A huge concert in Missouri. And look at this summer party in Illinois. The president bashes Dr. Birx. President Trump calls the head of his coronavirus task force pathetic after she says the pandemic is extraordinarily widespread. Stunning new body cam video. The moments leading up to George Floyd's death. Never before heard audio. Floyd's pleas for help. Got right now. A mother's heartbreak. A federal judge speaks out for the first time after her son was murdered and her husband shot three times in an attack targeting her.
3: My family has experienced a pain that no one should ever have to endure.
2: Tonight, the last conversation the judge had with her 20-year-old son. Gruesome new details in the case of two missing Idaho children. What we're learning tonight about how police found their remains on the stepfather's property. And finally tonight, kindness in a time of adversity. How teenagers are helping senior citizens survive the pandemic.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with breaking news tonight because tropical storm Isaias is gaining strength as it churns toward the coast of the Carolinas. Tonight, nearly 120 million Americans are now in the storm's path, with warnings stretching from South Carolina to Maine. The storm is expected to make landfall around Myrtle Beach in a few hours as a Category 1 hurricane before ripping up the East Coast tomorrow, bringing with it as much as six inches of rain, flooding, power outages and damaging winds. In fact, New York City is expected to see its strongest gusts since Superstorm Sandy, and that was nearly eight years ago. And if that isn't enough, the storm is slamming into some of the areas in the south that are hardest hit by coronavirus. North Carolina has already shut down some testing centers, and the governor there is warning those who need to leave the coast to avoid staying in shelters to prevent spreading the virus. And with more than a third of all Americans now bracing for the impact of Isaias, much of the country is also reeling from surging cases of coronavirus. Tonight, California now has more than 500,000 confirmed infections. And the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says he is beginning to see early signs of spikes in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee. And while experts say there is progress on potential vaccines, tonight the World Health Organization is warning there may never be a, quote, silver bullet that could completely stop the disease. We've got a lot of new reporting to get out tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Chip Reed is going to lead off our coverage along the North Carolina coast. Good evening, Chip.
4: Well, Nora, Isaias is out there, and it is growing stronger. And what that means for the people here on the coast of North Carolina is that a tropical storm will turn into a hurricane sometime in the dark of night. Tonight, the Carolinas are bracing for impact. Isaias is just hours away, the dangerous storm lighting up the sky overnight with thousands of lightning bolts. Beneath the clouds, strong winds and high surf pounded the coasts of Florida and Georgia. But the bulk of the storm just swiped the coast of those two states and remained at sea. The Carolinas are not expected to be so lucky.
5: We're anticipating landfall on the North Carolina-South
4: Carolina border tonight. Drew Pearson is the Dare County North Carolina Emergency Management Director. What is the biggest concern?
5: Our biggest concern is storm surge.
6: We we have very low-lying areas. We've evacuated Hatteras Island down to our south.
4: And it's not just the coast. North Carolina Governor Roy
7: Cooper... This storm will bring dangerous weather conditions to much of our state overnight. Heavy rains, flash floods, and storm surge can quickly inundate low-lying areas.
4: Over the weekend, two people were killed in the Dominican Republic as the storm passed through the Caribbean. Of course, there are shelters here in North Carolina for those who need them, but there will be temperature checks, and people with a fever will be sent to another shelter where they will be isolated. Nora?
2: Chippery tonight. Thank you. Let's get the forecast now. CBS's Lonnie Quinn is following this storm. And so, Lonnie, what do we know?
7: Well, the latest update from the National Hurricane Center has the wind sustained at 70 miles per hour. It's moving to the north-northeast at a good, quick clip. This is a good bit of news. It's moving at 16 miles per hour. You don't want to see this thing crawl like 3 miles per hour, 4 miles per hour we'll take 16. We hope that holds true. Uh, It's about 50 miles right now to the south southeast of Charleston, South Carolina. I think a landfall could be around Myrtle Beach, but it's running out of time to become a hurricane. It's got a few hours left, but I think that's going to probably happen. A low-grade cat one, and then back down to a tropical storm. We're very confident. On where this is going to travel after it makes landfall i mean you take a look at the cone and it travels right up basically the 95 corridor and notice how skinny that cone is it doesn't fan out wide like some of the cones you've maybe seen in the past we're certain this is where it's moving now the the wind speeds get lower and lower with each sort of stop along the way as it moves north right interaction with lands winds are winds are less of a threat however It doesn't mean the wind field is going down, because once this gets to about South Jersey, it's going to be right below the jet stream, Nora, and a tropical system spins like this. But within that spin, air goes up and down, updrafts and downdrafts. If it grabs just a piece of that big air up top, it's blowing at 90 knots and brings it down to the surface. We'd have much stronger winds, even in a place like New York City. So that is the latest from the National Hurricane Center. It's going to be an eventful day, primarily for the Northeast. It's going to be tomorrow morning. But tonight, all eyes focus on the area around South Carolina and North Carolina.
2: And then the winds where you are in New York. Lonnie Quinn, thank you so much. Tonight, firefighters are trying to control the largest wildfire so far this year in Southern California. It's burning about 80 miles east of Los Angeles and has forced the evacuations of more than 2,500 homes. More than 26,000 acres have burned since it broke out Friday night. Investigators now say it was caused by hot gas from a vehicle's exhaust. Plumes of smoke stretch nearly 300 miles all the way to Phoenix. We turn now to the coronavirus pandemic. Cases or deaths are rising in at least 28 states. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, warned today that the virus may be starting to surge in Ohio, Tennessee, Kentucky and Indiana. And that the economic toll of the pandemic is also rising as one of the nation's oldest department stores, Lord & Taylor, is now filing for bankruptcy. Here's CBS's David Begnaud.
1: There are large crowds of people around the country who still don't take social distancing guidelines seriously. Look at this. Many people packed this rave under a New York City bridge. It was shoulder to shoulder at this Lake of the Ozarks party in Missouri. And scores of people were maskless on the Illinois River. Today, Dr. Anthony Fauci warned that health officials are seeing early signs of a new surge. What we're seeing in some of the yellow states and other
7: states is that same insidious increase in percent positive.
1: Dr. Fauci says the states that are seeing a spike in cases may need to pause for a bit. You may need to drop back a little bit. I don't think you necessarily have to revert to going all the way back to closing. 15 states and the District of Columbia have seen an increase in COVID-19 infections. In California, COVID cases and positivity rates are plateauing, even though the single-day deaths have jumped. In Gwinnett County, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, about 260 employees have tested positive or they're in quarantine because they were exposed to someone who was positive a week before they're planning to reopen for online learning. Not Across the country students today, teachers, students and staff rallied at more than 35 school districts for what was known as National Day of Resistance to Reopening School. In Milwaukee, art teachers erected fake gravestones. One of them read, here lies a third grade student from Green Bay. They are demanding that schools reopen only when science says it's safe to do so.
3: Our teachers, our students, and our communities are not expendable.
1: And baseball took another COVID-19 hit. Less than two weeks into the season, the St. Louis Cardinals will postpone four games after seven players and six staff members tested positive. Tonight, we are live in Miami, where they are reopening testing sites now that Isaias has moved on out and is no longer a threat to the state of Florida. Uh, just a tip here for you, the federally run testing sites have virtually no wait time. And at least two of the testing sites here in South Florida have now added 15-minute rapid tests for people who are 65 and older and who have symptoms. Nor, one more thing before we go. The state of Florida confirmed to CBS News two more young people under the age of 15 have died from coronavirus.
2: David Begnaud, thank you. The president and top health experts are at odds tonight. At his coronavirus briefing, President Trump says the U.S. is making, quote, significant progress in fighting the virus. But that's not what the doctors are saying publicly. Here's CBS's Paula Reed. President Trump lashed out for the first time at his COVID task force
5: coordinator, Dr. Deborah Burks, calling her dire warning about the spread of the virus pathetic. She said the country had entered a dangerous new phase, a message the president did not appreciate. It is extraordinarily widespread. It's into the rural as equal urban areas. Despite evidence supporting Burks's claim, Mr. Trump today said the opposite is true.
7: The virus is receding. I told Dr. Burks I think we're doing very well. She was in my office a little while ago.
5: The president also continued to defend hydroxychloroquine, a controversial drug he took earlier this summer that many experts say poses health risks.
7: Many doctors uh, have come out strongly in favor of it. They want it very badly.
5: That contradicted another topic. Tab- Task Force member, Admiral Brett Gerard, who said the drug had been ineffective in treating COVID.
1: We don't recommend that as a treatment.
5: Dr. Anthony Fauci has also repeatedly warned against its use.
1: And Hydroxychloroquine
0: is not effective
7: therapy for COVID-19. I don't agree with Fauci I don't agree with
5: Fauci. The president also appeared to back off his threat to ban the popular Chinese-owned video app TikTok as long as an American company were to purchase it by the middle of next month.
7: So it'll close down on September 15th unless Microsoft or somebody else is able to buy it and work out a deal
5: even though the president has downplayed the need for COVID testing nationwide. Today, the White House announced mandatory random COVID testing for all West Wing staffers. This comes after several White House aides and reporters here have tested positive.
2: Nora. Paul, Reed at the White House. Thank you. Tonight, we're getting our first look at body cam video from two of the Minneapolis police officers who were on the scene the night George Floyd died in custody. For several minutes, Floyd is heard begging for help and calling for his mother. A warning the video you're about to see is disturbing. Here's CBS's Jeff Pagase.
6: For the first time, two leaked body camera videos show the encounter with George Floyd from the officer's perspective. In one, Officer Thomas Lane confronts Floyd, trying to get him out of an SUV, a gun aimed in his direction. Hands up right now Later in the footage Floyd drops to the ground as officers lead him toward a squad car stand Up got the Stay on your feet and face the car door The other video which was also published by the dailymail.com appears to come from the body camera worn by rookie officer Alexander King It shows Floyd resisting the officer's attempt to place him in the squad car You hear him pleading car. in the Also in the video, fired former officer Derek Chauvin, who's now been charged with second-degree murder. Here, come on out. Look at face. Thank you. Come on, as soon as Floyd hits the pavement, you see Chauvin's gloved hands on him and a knee on Floyd's neck. Relax. Okay, breathe. breathe. You're doing fine.
3: You're talking fine.
6: With a crowd gathering, the body camera video shows King taking Floyd's pulse. According to prosecutors, he couldn't find one. There is now an investigation into the leak of that body camera video. Meantime, Nora, we still haven't seen video from the body camera worn by Derek Chauvin, who, of course, pressed his knee into George Floyd's neck. That video may be the key piece of evidence. Nora.
2: Jeff Pegues, thank you. Tonight, seven Marines and a Navy sailor are presumed dead after a horrible training accident last week near San Diego. Lance Corporal Guillermo Perez was pronounced dead after an amphibious assault vehicle took on water and sank. Eight others whose bodies have not been recovered were between 18 and 23 years old. Two other Marines were wounded. This was the deadliest accident involving these vehicles in recent years. Tonight, a federal judge in New Jersey is speaking out for the first time about a horrifying attack that left her 20-year-old son dead and her husband critically injured. The attacker was a lawyer and an anti-feminist who rail- railed against her in his writings. He later took his own life. Judge Esther Salas hopes to limit access to a judge's personal information. Here, CBS's Jim Axelrod.
3: Two weeks ago, my life as I knew it changed in an instant And my family will never be the same. Judge Esther
0: Salas detailed the shooting at her front door following her son's 20th birthday celebration.
3: Daniel and I went downstairs to the basement and we were chatting as we always do. And Daniel said, Mom, let's keep talking. I love talking to you, Mom. And it was at that exact moment that the doorbell rang. It was a lawyer with a grudge and a gun, dressed in a FedEx uniform. Daniel, being Daniel, protected his father, and he took the shooter's first bullet directly to the chest. Her husband was also shot, but lived. Her son died. We are living every parent's worst nightmare, making preparations to bury, bury our only child.
0: Salas also demanded better protection for judges, but her extraordinary poise and strength seemed remarkably focused on gratitude.
3: To everyone who said a prayer, it has lifted us during our darkest hours.
0: Jim Axelrod, CBS News.
3: raw
2: emotion today in an idaho courtroom a detective described in painful detail how the remains of two children one wrapped in duct tape were unearthed on the property of chad daybell who'd recently married their mother the children's grandparents wept during the testimony a judge is deciding whether to hold daybell for trial he and wife Lori vallow daybell are accused of concealing evidence in connection with the deaths and will likely face additional charges Tonight, federal investigators have been called in to determine what caused three sightseeing balloons to crash in Wyoming. A sudden shift in the weather is one possibility. More than a dozen people were hurt when the balloons went down. One injury was serious. That person was flown to a hospital in Idaho. A trio of teenagers in New Jersey saw the coronavirus as an opportunity to serve the senior citizens in their community. CBS's Meg Oliver has their story. High school students Michael Mora, Joe Recto, and Keshav Chacharya have spent a good portion of the pandemic grocery shopping for seniors.
3: So we just wanted to help the community in a new way during the pandemic.
2: They started Students to the Rescue as a way to help seniors with limited access to stores.
3: Well, my aunt and my grandmother were both actually diagnosed with COVID. They both live in India. Made me want to help whoever I can in my local community.
2: So far they have four chapters in New Jersey. Seniors fill out a form on their website and their groceries are delivered for free. Seventy one year old Wayne Cheeley is a diabetic with heart issues and only leaves the house for physical therapy.
6: I think it's unbelievable. They're helping people who can't get things done. I mean, you know, I'm lucky I have my wife with me, but there's some people that they're helping that have no one
2: we're really seeing the best in a lot of people throughout this pandemic is that the silver lining
6: i think so
3: others may call us selfless but in my opinion it's actually kind of a selfish thing because it makes you feel good about yourself and it makes you feel good to help others three teenagers
2: spreading kindness the only way they know how meg oliver cbs news wharton new jersey and doing some incredible work for their community Something very special on tomorrow's CBS Evening News, the magic moment when a little girl hears the world around her for the very first time. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell from the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app, or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at paramountshop.com.